And welcome to another episode of the Level Up Grappling Podcast. And today we've got an amazing, amazing guest. And before I introduce him, just a quick shout out to all of our supporters and listeners. Thank you guys so much for keeping us uh, going. You guys are exciting us. You guys are motivating us to make these episodes and try to find, again, amazing guests like we have been having on and that we've got on today. And so with that, again, Level Up Grappling Podcast is sponsored by PCI Jiu-Jitsu here in Mission Viejo, California, under the uh, coaching of Coach Brian. And uh, today, we've got the one, the only, Mr. Uh, Grandmaster, Vlad <laughs> Kulikov, Black Belt and Sambo, BJJ and Judo, and a whole bunch of other grappling arts and world champion. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He operates the school Sambo Fusion and Kulikov Grappling Academy in Texas. Sir, welcome to Level Up Grappling Podcast. It's an absolute honor to have you on our show. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share my insight and uh, thank you for the invite. Absolutely. We are super excited to have you on here. Just to get right into it, I mean, my understanding is you've got this superhero story according to Coach Brian, so I'd love to hear about your whole grappling journey so far. There's no, no, no superheroes here. <laughs> Trust me, I've been on the mat with this man. Uh, before he gets into it, let me explain something, because there's levels to grappling and understanding, especially in a stand-up position, and people don't understand there's especially BJJ people, they're so ignorant to the stand-up game, and that's half the game. Because remember, guys, 100% of all fights start standing. So if you're not focusing on stand-up, you're missing out sorely. Vlad is so rooted in his base. I am telling you now, first of all, the man is made of steel. I have felt him personally. But his body is so rooted to the ground, unless he wants to move, he will not move. So I don't care how good you are. (laughs) You're not throwing him. And I've been thrown by him and I have flown through the air. So I can tell you, uh, this is somebody that is so connected to their body and so connected to the grappling arts and rooted within them into deep into their soul that yes, I do believe this man has a superhero origin story because I've never felt anybody with such, uh, thank you. Uh, Just velocity. You're too kind, Brian, but the sentiment about the connection and uh, all that stuff so guys it, it started fairly simple you know uh back in the day you know almost 50 years ago nobody had to guess you know uh the gender of mr potato head right so boys were girls and girls were girls and i'm not saying it's good or bad uh, to me it's good maybe too bad to somebody but things worked out for me so i uh, had very masculine role models you know I never wanted to, like, you know, never guess my gender or whatever. So, like, uh, my dad was my hero, wow, right? So I wanted to be just like him. And then my cousin uh, came from uh, uh, another country, or well, was Soviet Union. Uh, it was uh, Moldova, actually, right? And uh, he was my uh, senior, eight-year senior. He went to technical school, become a welder, actually. And, uh, in a, you know, uh, he was uh, living in a hostel, you know, like a, like an apartment complex for non-Moscovites. Mm-hmm. And brought me to my first MMA practice. <laughs> so uh, people would throw him down, wrestling uh, with all different, uh, what do you call it, uh, rule sets, you know, like gi, no gi, samba, whatever worked, you know, some boxing, some kickboxing, some some karate it was weird, man. And the year was like uh, 83, 84, right? And I fell in love immediately, all this like, you know, awesome man throwing down and being manly, like, uh, you know, imprinted <laughs> on my favorite brain. And I wanted to be just like them. Only I was eight year junior, right? So there was no way I could practice with them. Uh, my practice ended up being like uh, giving piggyback rides and playing with an empty uh, deflated ball, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was my class, yeah? Uh, I was eight years old. And my cousin said, Vlad, there's a gym. Well, it's not a gym. It's actually an academy. It's actually an academy, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a study and sports complex. You can go to school there, study your academia, and you can study sports. And it's just by luck. It was like a block away from where I used to live in Moscow City. So he grabbed me by my hand, brought me there, uh, you know... Uh, I, as I view right now, I see myself as a little baby Yoda with his childish, you know, and uh, I <laughs> fell in love immediately. Like the first time I put my foot on mat, I had just like passion burned and it never stopped. So that's my story. That's how I started, you know, at least. And patience, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, just a quick thing for those, you know, who don't really know what sambo is for example i've never experienced it myself i've i've seen it coach i know that coach brian has studied it um if you can just give a quick just kind of intro as to what exactly is sambo so guys uh, uh which you know what i'm, I'm gonna start from a little bit backwards from a mm -hmm. bit backwards. very common way too gosh darn common i see an argument that uh uh, whenever I demonstrate Sambo, like for example, with Jeff Chen, we did a series of videos with Jeff Chen. They were, I thought they were outrageous. But the common critique, or notation at least, not even critique, oh, this is just judo with different names. Is it correct? Yes. Is it incorrect? Also yes. Uh, <laughs> like everything comes down, like everything with like a jacket or whatever and subs uh, comes somewhere from jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? So people say, oh, it's judo. And I'm like, uh, yes. But judo in its turn is just jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's never ending. It's never ending. But so it, it is true. Some is partially uh, comprised for judo and jujitsu, and partially also from a folk style a wrestling styles of Soviet Union. Right. So through research and developments and conglomerate, you know, amalgam of all those styles, it kind of like judo, but it's not. You know, uh, when you ask, uh, uh, when you try to describe an. Uh, 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 giraffe to an Eskimo, right? An Eskimo never seen giraffe. They don't know what it is. They have no preconceived framework of notion of what the hell giraffe is. So if you talk, they're going to think it's a, like weird reindeer with a tall neck, you know, and, and it's possible. But once they see, like, ah, okay, it's kind of reindeer, but it's not, you know. Same thing with Sambo, man. It's kind of like a, it, it does have a bit of a flavor of jujitsu and wrestling and, and, and judo. It is true. But through research and development, it became its own sport, you know. So, like, I'm so tired of this argument. Uh, it has a feel, uh, you know, like uh, of wrestling and judo. Uh, it's it's a nice sport, man. <laughs> there you go, settled. <laughs> it is. It has roots in certain sports, but after like eighty years, uh, almost almost hundred years soon. In thirty, in in, in uh, fifteen years, it's gonna be hundred years. Uh, Sambo, a sport. So after all that years, you know, those years, it becomes a thing in itself. Dude, it's like rugby and football, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that video with you with Jeff Chan. I thought it was a fantastic video, um, especially because it, it focused obviously a lot on the takedowns. Right. And so and I think that, you know, to Coach Brian's point, he makes a huge um, there's a there's a strong emphasis on takedowns and really the stand up game. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, with my experience in, in jujitsu, it's always just been like, well, you either duck your head, go in or just again, the one thing that we hate guard pulling just you know sitting on your butt and as um with with our catch wrestling side as, as coach joel bain once said it's like these guys they have worms in their butts so they need to scratch it so they just sit down and start scooting everywhere and yeah, I, I would not go as far so you know it's funny <laughs> even years ago there were dirty leg lockers and bus cookers Fusenaru jujitsu right mm. uh they would do a lot of hikikomi you know and kosenaru mm. guys 
they would do like, he could call me guard pull, you know. They would do guard pull, harmful leg locks, and Kodokan guys like, what the hell? So this battle, or battle, to me, it's no longer a battle, you know. Uh, 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 has existed like hundred years ago, just about. <laughs> it's so, funny. so it's so guys, it's, it's, it's like this. It's like this. I, I like Brian said my vision of grappling. Because people view grappling different. I mean, even even in national psyche, like in Jiu-Jitsu, we established, or they established, that the only way to finish fight is by strangle or armlock, or maybe like luck, you know? Mm-hmm. And in Judo, it's like, no, 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 we can also end it by a pin or throw. And in mm-hmm. Sambo, pin, throw, you know? So it's whatever national psyche views as valuable in, in a ground combat. That's what we choose, man. And that's what separates grappling styles. We all start as an umbrella term, and then you know some people see uh, more uh, merit in pinning, some more merit in passing, and other in take that whatever. So that's why it takes different forms and, and rule sets. Uh, and in jujitsu, it's not important uh, as of now. As of now, the rule set of jujitsu implies I don't have to know any goddamn wrestling whatsoever. None. None. It's not an evenly scored sport, you know. So, like, if you come to jujitsu, you you must realize that some instructors, some academies, will never pay uh, attention to wrestling or judo at all. Just watch any takedown, any takedown, regardless of amplitude and cleansiness of landing and whatever and position. After it's two points. When we talk uh, about mountain and uh, mountain mount, sorry, and back mount, it's four mm-hmm. points. So, so by default, it's already uh, art that is favored towards, you know, ground. So it's, I, I totally understand. And, and now just think about it. You want to be a badass. You want to be an ninja. You want to throw fools around and you get ready for competition. So for jujitsu competition and you spread your time, uh, uh, 50% on the ground, 50% standing up. But other guys in next gym next door, they, uh, hundred percent on the ground only. Okay. So, uh, they are tense on the ground and you are five standing up. And five on the ground. So once they pull guard, you are five and they're ten. So you know what I'm saying? So you have to spend your time wisely. I could give a shit. I don't care. The rule set, I don't care. If I don't feel like a badass ninja, I don't want that sport. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's important. You know, do you want to scratch the worms or whatever? And I don't even like make fun of people that pull guard. Some people do it effectively. I would never do it. I would never. There's one match. I did like a shitty flying armbar. Oh my god. Like, you know, I had a bad day. I did a shitty arm bar and some oh, you pull guard. I'm like, no, guys, you know, I had a bad day. It was not a so in a competition, I would never pull guard. You know, in in, in class, in practice, hundred percent every class I pull guard. Yeah. But like in my book of manliness, in my, my psyche, and I'm not saying you should see it the same way, but me, like I can't. I need to wrestle man. Jacket, yeah. no jacket, only two pop. So and if you don't grappling as me, you know, it's okay, you go to other gym. But that's my view. Like you have to, you have to. It's it's the same sport with two different, uh, uh, same metal, right? Whatever, same mm-hmm. coin with two different sides. That's how I view it. And the more you know, the better. I think the thing is an infusion because once we uh, boil down the grappling art to certain like rule sets representing that national psyche or like rep- mm-hmm. representations of Mary's in grappling, it becomes a very you know like sambo is awesome, but it doesn't have strangles. Like well, how stupid is that, right? Yeah. Or. In combat sambo, you can headbutt, which is such a traumatic, you know, uh, move. But you cannot heal. This is weird to me, you know. <laughs> so neither sambo nor no catch wrestling have uh, uh, like uh, answer all. You know, they are just rule sets. Yeah. And once you combine it all together, then you truly flow. Like guys, I have a product. Sorry, you know, plug in. I don't mean to. No, uh, please it, do. It more That's so- what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wrestle Juice, great product, guys. You know, I looked at many uh, similar products. I looked at a few people that do cradles and false modesty side. 
absolutely objectively my cradle system trumps them all man maybe neil melanson melanson is good or whatever but a couple guys even uh, even specialists and uh I, I can explain why i critique their product but trust me there's objective thinking and like my shit is the best man you know uh, as of now maybe somebody will better shit but as far as like wrestle jusu and that's the name of the course covers a lot of cradles so what i'm talking about that you can utilize uh, 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 aspects of uh, wrestling mm -hmm. in submission grappling and jiu-jitsu in particular. And not only the takedowns. Anytime we say wrestling for jiu-jitsu, boom, we automatically jump onto uh, assumption is takedowns, which is, mm -hmm. of course, is the lowest hanging fruit. But over and above that, we have what? We have grind and mentality, right? Not yeah. to score. Because in jiu-jitsu, often somebody comes up on a sweep, you just give up the sweep thinking you're going to out-sweep him or maybe try. It will never happen in wrestling. You have to fucking kill somebody, like strangle his mother and steal his children. <laughs> or, you know, so that's a married man. Never mind grind, meaning like adaptation to hard work, mm -hmm. but just like mentality. So we can get that from, from, from uh, wrestling as well. And I'm not saying everybody should be playing it that way. You can be super Brazilian, relaxed, always late, you know, and just chill or whatever. But I'm just saying that that modality does have merit. And mm -hmm. over and above grinding, uh intensity and uh, uh uh takedowns we also have plenty of mat work it's so weird guys as soon as i started to implement wrestle jitsu like like a weird stuff it still falls into a framework of jujitsu it still works and gets scored and it still you know uh helps you to achieve your goals passing sweeping and getting to submission but it's so weird so whenever i throw it out when i when i play people are like what did you just do Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, uh, buy my so, shit, you know. Vlad, but, how, how do they order that? So how would listeners order that program if they want to order the Wrestle Jitsu guys, program? Guys, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, uh, all my stuff would be bought through, like, uh, BJJ Fanatics or mm -hmm. Budo Videos. You can also buy it from me, you know, uh, mm -hmm. directly. And uh, if you want to hit it, uh, want to buy it from me directly, I'm so sorry. I'm caveman. I don't have a store yet. I'm working mm -hmm. on it. But if you reach out directly... I can, uh, we can exchange payments and I will send you the link to your email address and you can find me on, uh, uh, uh Facebook, Vladislav Kulikov on Instagram, Sambo Fusion on TikTok. You can look up my email and my phone. You can text me for crying out loud. All my info is out there. Yeah. And so basically Sorry, if, if they want the rest I, of the jitsu, it's a link, it'll be a digital, digital video. Yeah. Okay. Google link. Uh, and sorry, guys, to, to reel back to, so, so minus the sale now, what mm -hmm. I'm saying, yeah, Fusion is it. You can implement, of course, you can get better at Jiu-Jitsu and get better at passing, but you can also throw some weird and a little funky and be mm -hmm. just as good at Jiu-Jitsu with the actual toolbox. It's up to you. And again, in my vision, Fusion is the answer. To some mm -hmm. people, oh, you don't know, you just do more Jiu-Jitsu. You know what's funny? Uh, uh, I... Uh, uh, who is a BJJ fanatic? I think on YouTube they posted like that, that little clip, you know, why you should do wrestle jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. And I go through this whole charade, and there is a Brazilian answer. It's like, no, 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 dude, you don't need more wrestling. You need, uh, you need more jiu-jitsu. So some <laughs> people have that attitude, and yeah. I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not making fun of the guy or whatever. That if that if that helps him, by all means, you know. Mm -hmm. But to me, I'd rather learn to wrestle and do other stuff. So. Yeah, I, I think it, to your point, Vlad, I do think. You know, we call like with our system, we call it a hybrid grappling system because I incorporate everything. But w w yeah. to use your term, the fusion, it's really it's hybrid grappling. It, that's what's the future. You know, you have it's to the same. know everything. Yeah.
Yeah, because Americans have a very distinct signature in their jujitsu. I, I, I know it became like a meme generation, uh, whatever thing, like Kieran Cornelius' use of uh, American jujitsu. But it's a thing, man. American jujitsu is an amalgam of many things, including wrestling, judo, whatever. You know, it's, it's somewhat different from Brazilian jujitsu, uh, the way we learned, like from Helio, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I, I think that to Coach Brian's point um, is. Yeah, this concept of fusion and hybrid, yeah, same thing, is really the next generation, the next iteration of the grappling arts. At least today, you know, modern day speaking, I think, obviously, through the 80s and the 90s, you had the explosion. And really, I think in the 2000s is when you had the explosion and kind of the acceptance of Brazilian jiu-jitsu as kind of this mainstream form of grappling, right? Everybody started doing it. UFC made it popular. And then I think, you know... Coach Brian has mentioned this about, you know, the limitations of how Brazilian jiu-jitsu was taught. There was, in a sense, almost this nationalism to it, right? So I have a taekwondo background. And so the way I always see it is like in the 80s, you know, when taekwondo first became an Olympic sport, it was introduced. It was all about the Korean dominance. Every All the Koreans were like, we have to dominate. We have to dominate. And then we look at jiu-jitsu. Now it's like, yeah, there's this next generation of American jiu-jitsu where they found solutions, even though they think it's innovation or whatever it might be. It's like, no, it was just kind of maybe withheld information. And you see that in Muay Thai now where the, the Thai people are saying, I think the CEO of Fairtex came out and said, we as the Thai people, as Thai fighters need to train harder because all the foreigners are coming into Thailand to these camps. They're paying us a ton of money. It's great. But they're the ones who are going to go home with the belt. You know, I mean, obviously in competition setting. And so I think really what, what you're doing, what Coach Brian is doing is, again, you guys are at the, the next step. And, you know, I throw, I throw Joel Bain in there. It's like you guys are at the next phase creating this next generation of what the grappling arts are meant to be or should be. And one of the things that I learned through PCI is just this, this sense of tribalism that, you know, you go to a specific school and you can only learn what that school is telling you. You go anywhere else or like, nope, don't touch it. You know, but where's the learning in that? Where's the growth in that? Where, you know, and so um, the question I kind of wanted to get into you with from there actually is, you know, as a coach, as, as, as who you are, as your, you know, with all your accreditations, with all your achievements, and now you're passing that knowledge on, you know, one thing that coach Brian and I talk about a lot or that I have a high appreciation for is our coaches, how these, how this knowledge is being passed on and, I'd love to know kind of your thoughts of how do you teach? What do you what do you want your students to to take away from you and from your training? Gotcha. Well, uh, it's funny. Whenever I sign up a new student, I literally have a, like a little conversation. What do you want? What do you want in a notebook? Remember the guy, you know, what do you want? Do you want to be badass ninja? Do you want to lose extra weight? Do you want to be a champion? Do you want to hobbies? Do you train for self-defense? I literally ask him all these questions and they give me, you know, a couple of answers and now I know uh, what to do. Um, so literally just like that, you ask, you communicate and then you, uh, you you deliver, right? And other times you observe natural tendencies, man. Like uh, uh, there is something to be said for body type. You see a tall guy, you're not going to teach a tall guy how to change levels and shoot. Eventually as a generalist, maybe, right? But if you want him to win tournaments, what do you teach? Ankle pick. Foot sweeps, Uchimata, Taitoshi. Mm-hmm. You get a short guy, what do you teach him? Single double leg suplex, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A wrestler comes to me and he wants to compete a month from now. I teach him two things, leg locks and front head locks, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody shoots on him, 
guaranteed he's going to stop him. Front head like is presenting itself. So Anaconda, Dars, uh, all that stuff. Uh, or vice versa, if they take somebody down, the first time of attack, before passing guard and all that, his legs. So if I want to, you know what I'm saying? There is always like a rhyme and reason of me introducing techniques. And some people, you know, white belts, they're stupid. They're not even people yet. They're, they're, they don't know what they want themselves, you know? You don't know what you don't know. And in which case, I will make like observation of natural tendencies, body type, and what they, you know, gravitate to do. And I'll give them plan of action, workout and technique and so forth and so on. So that's what I do. I do value a sense of uh, family. Uh, many people say that. Uh, many people do it. But many people do not, man. I travel. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. I get to travel a lot. And sometimes I see those gyms, you know, the family. And sometimes I see a gym. It's not a bad gym, but it's like, you know, boom. You know, it's, it's, it's a transaction, you know. <laughs> so uh, I want to give my people a high experience. I want to influence them in the best way possible. I want them to be impressed by me and uh, motivated, you know. That's why it's a hard work to maintain all this, to, to please my students. I'm their servant, you know. So uh, those are my goals. And uh, not everybody has to compete, but gosh darn, I, I try to push them to compete because that's how you truly reveal yourself, you know. Some people will never man up or woman up to compete, but I will do my darndest without like, breaking them, making them compete. So my gym is not necessarily competitive, but we, uh, I certainly do see uh, merit in competing. I think uh, one competition is worth one month of rolling. And the reason being, you usually learn a lesson, and a usually painful one. And those lessons you never forget, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something about competing that just like, ping, just like uh, cheat codes, your, your super brain charge and everything, you know? <laughs> so that's why I think competing is important. So yeah, familial attitude, uh, looking for people's uh, 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 natural tendencies to exploit them for, for their sake, and blending arts. Boom, that's what KGA is all about. I, all right, I got a question for you, and this is, <clears throat> we've talked about this before in, in the podcast, and I'd love to get your opinion, Vlad. I noticed that BJJ people have an aversion to drilling. Starting Because I started in other martial arts, especially like all the time I spent in judo and doing all that first, and as you know, when you're doing these other styles, you're drilling the shit out of these things over and over and over and over and over again. And it's not, you're not just running around rolling and stuff. And it's like the opposite effect with BJJ. Nobody wants to drill. Nobody wants to focus on getting these techniques down. They just want to learn something for two seconds and then go around and fight their friends. Yeah. Why do you yeah. think and there's that aversion? What is that? Dude, I don't know. You see, uh, I think it. Remember about national psyche. Brazilian national psyche is very relaxed. Everybody is always late. You know, there's like uh, you learn a lot of rule, a lot of experimentation, and uh, I, I think uh, the majority of people like that is a byproduct of the general attitude of jujitsu as an art. Mm. Okay, that's what I think. And um, is it good? Is it bad, man? I don't know. I uh, I think it's bad. <laughs> I think, <laughs> really, but I, I drill in tears, right, guys? Yeah. So uh, whenever I learn a move, you know, from somebody from video or YouTube or whatever, right? You have enough knowledge and fundamental base to decipher. This is bullshit. Don't even like to look at it. Oh, this is good. Let's give it a chance. So you you, you find the move uh, makes sense in my head. Everything look correct. You bring it to the gym. Oh, oh no, it works. Okay, it works. Let's put it in the system. And then you drill it like a dummy, like a robot. You drill it. I don't know, maybe hundred reps, fifty reps. It depends on your level of expertise. And you do it dumbly without anything. Just, just fucking repeat it like a robot until, of course, doing all the proper moving parts until you cannot do it wrong anymore. And once you're in that shape, because guys, I don't make mistakes, man. Sometimes, like I see people uh, demonstrate and my blue belts or whatever, and they make mistakes when I instruct. I don't yell at them, I, uh, but I make no mistakes. I repeat it. Whichever move I show today. 
I've repeated so many effing times. Like, I cannot make mistakes even if I was drunk with my arm tied up. Like, I can't. Okay? <laughs> so that's real. And, uh, and, uh, and, yeah. and, after, and only after that, only after that we do, like, what if? What if, you know, he reacts like that? What if he posts and here? And then we apply a little bit force. And only after that it goes into sparring. So that's how I drill. Dumb robotic drilling. Yeah. What ifs? Bring, bring it home. Yeah, that's Bring exactly the way that we do it too. We do. We always start everything with static drilling. Then we go from static to dynamic. And I won't go to dynamic yeah. until I see that the, the 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 people in the in the room have enough of an ability to move to the next level. Because I don't want them to stutter live, you know. So I want them to like get the correct movement. Because this is how this is how I trained judo when I was a kid. I mean, how many times did I do, and I'm, never mind me, you, how many times did you do Uchimata, Sotogari, Tayatoshi, all these things over and over and over and over, thousands upon what thousands you- upon thousands, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it's so bizarre to me that the BJJ community does not value um, the sacredness of drilling something until you can't get it wrong. Um, it, it's just there's just levels to this. And that's why I think there's a certain beauty to the technique when you see, you know, I'll just use judo as an example. We can even use wrestling. Why is it you go to the same wrestling, you go to any wrestling room in the country, they're just doing the same five things over and over and over again. They don't go, okay, now let's just go fight each other. That doesn't exist. You're doing the same shit. You are hitting that snap down for an hour and a half. That's it. Yes. And yet, BJJ people, they don't want to do it. They just want to go do their capoeira-style whirly-twirly shit and go, I'm going to come yeah. under your ass and I'm going to do this. No, you're not. I'm going to slap the shit out of you. You try that with me. And then I'm going to shin run. Yeah, that's and a, you're going to cry. YouTube specials, right? YouTube specials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both outrageously excellent and dangerous at the same time, man. Yeah, um, but the, what you can do? Not, nothing you can do. Soccer is born every day. There's like idiots gonna follow that dust guy, you know, that from Detroit or whatever, thinking mm-hmm. his stuff is serious. Uh, so uh, I, I'm not saving the world. And whoever mm-hmm. who wants to follow cool grapplers will do that. Whoever <laughs> who wants to follow <laughs> rabbit hole, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That I, dust, I, that dust I, guy would be a whole nother story. I, I read, like you know, like in judo and jujitsu, black mm-hmm. belt means you know, like you got them, you earned it. It's, it's worth something. Yeah, you know. So that's why I'll get like protective and jealous when some dumbass will demonstrate moves, call them incorrectly. Even as much as call them incorrectly. If you call them incorrectly, you don't know the art, man. It yeah. comes with knowledge of the nomenclature. But I did it correctly. Yeah, but you don't know how it's called. Like you're, you're not a specialist. Therefore, you don't fucking deserve to put your shit on Instagram. Shut up. So I used to be like that. <laughs> I used to be like that, like a purist or whatever, and a jealous, like guardian of the sacredity of grappling. Yeah. And now, man, I. Or less, man. Like it still aggravates me. Trust me. Like my dodges and junk. Yeah. But I just uh, scroll away. You know, scroll along. Yeah. Comes with age too. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Um, one of the things that we. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Coach Brian. Sorry. No. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it gets. So, frustrated uh, one of the questions it. that uh, so that we we talk a lot about are in a sense concepts or principles versus movements, right? Especially for. So the way that our show is kind of set up is I'm the student. I mean, I'm literally white belt, no stripes under Coach Brian. Coach Brian's my coach. He teaches me and I'm learning through him. You know, we've been learning for about seven months now, six months now. Give him a stripe. Seven months. One stripe. Oh, no. <laughs> no stripes. I probably won't get a stripe till till I'm 65. So we'll see. <laughs> but, um, 
get you strong. One of the things is like that, that Coach Brian and that really focuses on again is not being a move collector, right? Just like you were saying, we, we talked about this actually in one of our previous episodes about um, overlearning and the Instagram trap of just, you know, you go on Instagram and you just see everybody's got to move. Everybody's got to move. It's like 50 steps long. It's basically trying to bake a cake. And at the end of it, you still don't get a cake. You get this half-baked mush, right, coming out of it. And you try to throw frosting on it to make it look nice. And so kind of reverting back to the Sambo stuff, um, is Sambo very from what i've seen especially through at least a little exposure that i've had through your video with jeff chan again is that when it came to the takedowns and when it came to the to what you are trying to accomplish it wasn't so much about the takedown in and of itself right it was the the principle around it and so is that what sambo is more about or is there is there just a plethora of moves that everybody needs to memorize well, uh, so listen, again, you have to decide for yourself uh, what kind of man are you. There are a couple people, even within Sambor, uh, extreme specialists, they do like three moves, mm-hmm. and extreme generalists that have like a plethora of weaponry. And they both swear their method is better. So uh, I don't know. I guess you kind of have to d- d- decide for yourself. Mm-hmm. And as far as collecting moves, absolutely, man, people tend to collect moves opposed to systems. You know, guys, when I was younger, you know, and uh, Jiu-Jitsu was new to me, I would watch videotapes and stuff. Oh, my God, like for hours. And uh, But once you see three of them, you know, three sets of videotapes mm-hmm. or whatever, they're all the same as the same shit over and over and over. Only a few people blew my mind, like uh, Marcelo Garcia. Uh, and uh, Eddie Bravos, you know, because his instructional was awesome. But other than that, it's the same stuff. So, yeah, guys, collect system for yourself, not the moves. And uh, it comes with, like, maturity as a grappler or whatever, you know. Now I'm so bored, man. If I watch one, I'm done. I I know I have to do so many moves, so many things I can do. I'm also just watching TV, and I will never fucking implement it in my game. Like, why do we even bother? So systems over moves. And moreover, and moreover, one more thing, guys. Movement before moves okay so yeah. systems over moves and before moves so movement is a larger scale of pattern like a squatting or lunging would be movement single mm-hmm. or double leg would be a move right so if you cannot lunge if you do not own uh the movement do not bother learning moves all right if you cannot do back roll right the movement mm-hmm. don't bother learning sumigayashi tomoinagi okay mm-hmm. if you cannot do bridge Never mind Uranage. And so forth. You know what I'm saying? If you cannot mm-hmm. squat your body weight, you cannot do stand up. So it's all about movement. That's why gymnastics is so important. That's why break dancers make such great grappler grapplers. Because what is dancing? Dancing is movement. What is martial arts? It's movement too, just another type, you know, another intent. But they're very similar in the plasticity and the way you have to bend your stuff. So uh, that's why I believe like dancing, acrobatics will give you so much confidence in your movement that you'll be able to apply moves, techniques correctly with uh, confidence and uh, precision. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Vlad, because, uh, you know, Mark Schultz, the world famous wrestler, you know, gold medalist, yes. champion, he was a gymnastics champion before he even got into uh, wrestling. He got into wrestling late in life, you know, as yeah. he was not like a seven year old wrestler. It was like, I think he was like a senior in high school or something when he started wrestling. Yeah. But he was a gymnast, a gymnast. And he said that that was the, that movement, learning movement and learning gymnastics is what carried him into uh, wrestling and made him so successful. My introduction, seeing him, seeing, uh, seeing him winning, was it 88 Worlds? And after he won, he did a back tuck, the back yeah. flip. And I thought I want to be like that guy. It was my shoes, you know, <laughs> doing a back. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I, let's throw something controversial out because I just... I love controversy. So what we brought up before, I was one of the few people 
that I was not impressed with UFC 1. And the reason why is it looked rigged to me in the sense that they very selectively picked who they wanted to pick. It, they went on, you know, uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace went on record saying that they did not allow wrestlers intentionally in the UFC one because they said it's not a martial art. As we know, that's bullshit. Um, and hey, also, that- yeah. And so the other thing is, like, I saw Shuto way before UFC one. Because my parents had this black box thing, so we, we we had all this stuff internationally. So I was watching the Japanese wrestling, the catch wrestling and stuff way before uh, UFC 1. So I was just like, well, what is this? In my opinion, when I saw it, I was like, if you had Kenny Monday or the Schultz brothers, or look, let's put, you tell me that Hoist Gracie, I don't care what he was wearing, he could have come in the cage with a gun, would have stopped Alexander Karelin. Yeah. Corellin in his prime, same time. You're telling me Hoist Gracie would have had a chance. Bullshit. He would have gotten smashed by Dave Schultz. He would have gotten smashed by Mark Schultz. Just pick one of them. And you could have given them one leg, and they would have beat him. You know? Put in a good kickboxer. Forget about it. Yeah, but I I don't think there's any controversy. I think it was an absolutely brilliant step on the behalf uh, behalf of whoever who organized the UFC. We all know who they are. Yeah, and uh, guys, I think if Oleg Taktarov ended up in the first UFC, uh, uh, the landscape of grappling world in America and the world, you know, could have yeah. been a little bit different too. Yeah. But Alas, it was Jose Gracie. Uh, but also something to be said, there was a Shuto guy there, a Pankrace guy. There was uh, Ken Shamrock, and he did not fare well. Yeah. He was the most well-prepared, but he lost that little strangle. In, yeah, uh, with, the, with the gi. But I, I, to to that point, though, is I don't think he was still the the best representative as a, you know, a wrestler or grappler, you know, a submission grappler. Um, yeah. And also they, they told him that he couldn't wear his wrestling shoes (laughs) and hoist was the only person allowed to wear a gi. There was a lot of like funky rules, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, to like, you know, okay. They had a boxer, but he could, he was supposed to wear one glove, but it wasn't, he wasn't like a real boxer. You're telling me Lennox but, Lewis went in there that Lennox Lewis went a cleaned house? Come on. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, here. Kudos to them. They made their marketing step, you know, and uh, we all enjoy the sport now. <laughs> yeah. So, silver lining, we got a new sport, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. I so, agree. I would, I, I, so that actually brings up another good point because you've been talking a lot about kind of the nationalist mindset, right? Um, the nationalist uh, kind of like where are they coming from? Can you, I, I, I believe I understand what you're talking about, but for those who may not understand what you are talking about there, could you explain what you, what you mean by that? By national psyche? Yeah. 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 As a nation, you know, the group of people will, will have like certain traits and characteristics mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it will often influence the way of thinking or the sports they practicing. Like, for example, um, um, let's say judo, right? Judo. Uh, judo is super technical and stuff. Uh, and uh, judo in Brazil is very similar to the same modality because uh, Brazil has the biggest, uh, largest Japanese population outside of Japan, right? Mm-hmm. So judo in Russia or Georgia is slightly different. So Russia is famous for sambo. And in the beginning, there was a lot of uh, sambis cross-training and judo and vice versa. And although techniques are similar, but there's a little funk. There's a little funk and weirdness to sambo gripping. So yeah. we'll bring it. Like Habarelli, we'll bring that. Or Georgian, a Georgian and Mongolian wrestling. Uh, once you switch 
uh, from one sport to another, you often tend to apply the same grips, although the uniform is different. It's so weird. I often know Georgians, you know, by their gripping. They have like vest with a belt, and they uh, they stick to certain grips only. And if uh, uh, a Chidaoba guy uh, switches to judo, he's going to do in the same grips, you know. So that's what I talk about national psyche or national character in mm-hmm. Brazil. It's a super chill country, man. Like, I love my professor, but he's always late, you know, and always chill, everything, like, minimal drilling, you know, hey, Vlad. So, Brazil brings certain, like, uh, relaxation, where Russia would bring militants. Like, uh, I, I, for me, it's very hard to operate under those, like, modalities. Like, I, I brought up very militant, mm-hmm. and that's how I respond. Everybody got to be lining up, everybody, like, bow to your sensei, everybody does this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of course, with a degree of, uh, sometimes I break character, but generally, I act a certain way. Because that's how I was brought up, and I represent a certain, a certain national psyche and national uh, behavior, like very militant, very strict. You know what I'm saying? Did I answer your question? Yeah. yeah. So, what was it like when you I mean, really first started? Let's say when you got to the states and started teaching, and obviously you're seeing. I mean, especially in Texas, you're seeing a very unique type of national psyche. And, yes. And obviously, that's- if you're coming from a very militant background per se, you know, kind of upbringing in that sense and training. And to all of a sudden, you come here to the states, and again, yeah, you're in Texas in the Midwest, in the biggest state we've got. It's like, what was that like for you? Well, I came to New York actually, New, New oh, Jersey. Okay. I've been in in, uh, in Texas uh, less than two years. Oh, uh, majority of my time was spent uh, on the East Coast, and uh, people were not that much different over here. People are different, man, and it's it's it's, it's a bit of a rough. Uh, cultural adaptation but you know what man i create my own culture you know like i'm fairly believe it or not like i joke and stuff but i'm fairly introverted if i if i don't know you i would never approach unless i have an interest you know whatever if i don't like conversation i would not be talking about weather or fucking golf or whatever like i'll just be quiet you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and uh i generally don't like people because my standards are almost never met and people are stupid and i don't like them i just want to <laughs> stay home or right so you see what I do? I created artificial bubble of sanity because mm-hmm. all my students, as diverse as they are, they will still have the same underlying core principles that I will you know, be on time. Da, da, da. So that's, you know, that, that's how I survive. I, I save myself by creating an artificial reality for me to exist. So um, <laughs> awesome. I fare well with my wife and children or at the gym. Like anything else, I, yeah, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's awesome. That, That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, oh, man. The, no, I, I mean, it's it's just really interesting to, again, what, I, what I'm always trying to do, I mean, especially with Level Up Grappling, we're trying to level up, you know, through our podcast, through our media, for people to pick things up and to understand what they can apply into their own grappling journey. Because we're all on this, we're, everybody has their own unique journey. You know, we're all learning, you know, whether it doesn't matter the school that you're at, you're still on your own unique individual journey. 100%. For you, as, as having been trained or going through training, if you were to take, um, if you were to extrapolate things from that, from those experiences versus even now as a coach in coaching people into becoming, you know, really the best grappler, or the best person that they can mm-hmm. be. What do you think um, – how do you think that people can really level up their grappling? I mean obviously I think that's going to bleed out into their lives, into the people that they interact with. But in the sense that you have control of, yeah. Don't waste your time and practice deliberately, okay? So uh, the biggest capital in life, right, is, is your time. Is your time. 
Okay, so if you watch YouTube and do fucking some bullshit, whatever, some bullshit, you're wasting your time. So use your time wisely. Number one, uh, and I'll leave it there. It's pretty simple. Uh, number two, deliberate practice. Uh, if you go to gym, you know, uh, martial arts academy, and you listen to your coach, it's not wrong. You're supposed to, right? But it's naive practice. You do whatever coach says, and of course, you get better. But if you want to get exponentially better, like you have to do extra work, right? If you want a result, you do uh, a regular effort. If you want a, a extraordinary results, you do extraordinary effort. So uh, deliberation in your practice, right, guys? Uh, oh, I'm going to learn Kimura system, Kimura trap. And it makes sense or whatever, like Kimura system. And then you jump on that rabbit hole and you study Kimura. Or I want to do floating passing or pressure passing. You jump on that and you deliberately practice that t- topic over and above whatever coach, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you can do whatever coach tells you too, but some extra we're doing the lahiva guard for a week and we only do three moves because you know we're beginners but you're not a quite beginner you have room for two more moves so you deliberately study two more moves so don't waste your time and practice deliberately i love that wow love it answer and sometimes and sometimes guys sometimes you choose a game like for example a barambolo mother effort uh i learned this barambolo move or whatever uh in 2012 and i was a little bit thicker back then i was about 200 pounds i was my heaviest and i'm like "Ah, that's bullshit i'm gonna punch you in your face i don't invert this guy don't invert this color but no man this guy has to invert these colors do run and you have to find out for your students even if you don't like it maybe you have some lightweight because you're serving to him you're not in the business of making mini clones of yourself you're in business of making killers and whatever tool they need to kill you give it to them so I learned Barambolo. Never ever will I use. And I, I nailed it a couple times in in practice or whatever. And I'm I'm done. You know. So so you know. And do not, like uh, do not put uh, uh, what do you call call short blinders. blinders. blinders yeah. So, yeah yeah. Even if you don't like it, like learn enough to introduce to the Johnny because Johnny is like a like a little ninja. Johnny can do Barambolo. Johnny is not gonna be suplex like me. You know. He doesn't have to be like me. Let him. So I will teach him to my best ability, or I will. Uh, employ a seminar guy, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get somebody like Jeff Chen with the excellent striking or Formiga or Coach Wade and they come and they teach their trade because I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I had this question that I would just skip out of my head. <laughs> um, oh. Get a better grappler, you know. Yeah, get- yeah. So what is it about grappling or what do you, what do you personally love about grappling so much that, you know, you've, You've practiced it, you've taught it, and you've competed in it for all these years. What is what keeps you going? I cannot answer that question, man. Uh, <laughs> when, I younger, when I was younger, I would like I want to be a badass ninja or whatever. I want to defend myself and my family. Of course, all of that still stays, but at this point, it's so habitual. I cannot like uh, I cannot view myself separately from from grappling. It, it became like an alienable part of me. Mm-hmm. You don't ask. Uh, clockwise stick and it just it just sticks. You don't ask moon why it, it comes out. So uh, I can still explain. Of course, I like to challenge. You know, I love to challenge myself. I like to be in a flow. Like when I'm older, whatever, I uh, started to elicit more and more flow state. Uh, it's outrageous, you know. I like uh, the fact that I inspire people. I like the fact that I'm still strong for my family and be able to defend. And I make money doing that. And I just uh, so so I can give all those little mini explanations, but uh, the, the the picture is much larger. It became like uh, it became habitual and it became a lifestyle. 
you know, and I enjoy teaching. I, I, I think if I was not a martial arts instructor, I'd be, uh, I'd end up being some kind of like a instructor of sorts, like, cause, uh, <laughs> some people make fun of me. Like everything with me is, uh, is a learning, pro, you know, le- learning story or whatever. Like we're, we're drinking tea. Do you know that in 1966, the tea was cold <laughs> or whatever, you know? So like, uh, I, I like, uh, th- th- that's my nature. So, uh, you know, I think if I was not a uh, martial arts instructor, I'd be a teacher or something like that. Yeah, just a total random question. I, I did hear, uh, trying to leading up to the, our podcast, I, I was listening to some of uh, other podcasts that you were on, and you do mention tea a lot. What kind of tea do you drink? Uh, <laughs> got you, got you. Uh, my favorite tea is a Tatley British blend. Oh, okay, very good. I- but you know what, man? I virtually don't drink it anymore. Because, like coffee, right? I can drink without sugar. But tea without sugar is just like an uh, abomination. I cannot. <laughs> and years, my, my diet was like no sugar, so virtually no tea, you know? Mm. But I do enjoy deadly breakfast blend, write mm. it down, with sugar and lemon. Delicious. Okay. Oh, I'll try it. You could try stevia. Do use the stevia. That's what I've been using because I, I cut out the sugar. I've been using stevia. I get stevia from Trader Joe's, the powder, and there's nothing in it. It doesn't affect the blood Thanks, sugar bro. at all. It's perfect. Going back to it. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like oolong. Yeah. Oolong. Oolong's good. Yeah. yeah. So here's a question for you because this is always like such a hot topic, you know, last, I don't know, five, 10 years or whatever. What What do you see as the benefits of ghee versus no ghee and what percentage are you teaching ghee and no ghee total preference to- total preference uh, i would like to address a couple of things misconceptions oh if you want to be technical you have to train ghee no if you want to be good and technical in ghee you train ghee if you want to be good and technical in no ghee you train no ghee let me break that stereotype objective in judo and wrestling is what to throw somebody with velocity and pin yeah okay so do wrestlers Greco, freestyle, scholastic, do they put a gi on to be more technical? No, because there is no gi in wrestling. That's why it's so stupid to me, all right? Uh, yes, gi implies uh, more number, l- larger number of options. That is correct. Mm-hmm. But larger number of options, does it equate technica- technicality? To me, it's not. Knowledge, maybe, yeah. Technicality, to me, is applying your technique efficiently. You do technique and it works. That's what makes you technical, okay? So if anything, the opposite rings truth in my feverish mind. Uh, wrestling has few options due to grips and the use of kimono, gi, and they still make stuff work. That's why they're more technical than gi, guys. Yeah. So it's all that you want, man. If you enjoy gi and you want to sambo judo jujitsu, you wear gi. If you enjoy no gi, you fucking do no gi. This is it. If you want to be good in gi, you wear gi. If you want to be good in nogi, you wear nogi. Okay, and this is it. This is. Uh, did I make my statement yeah. clear, guys? And what? what per- so, what percentage do you teach? Like your schedule for the academy? Like what percentage it, of gi that, classes nogi? Fine, because I come from sambo judo background. I yeah. only wore. I never tried the jacket, but for some weird reason, like once I switched to jujitsu, like twenty years ago, I always had a more predisposition. I like to nogi. I don't know why. I don't. So I have. Uh, we train every day. I only have four gi classes, three jujitsu with sambo and one pure sambo. So four, everything, uh, everything else, like seven classes, are no gi and open mat is no gi. So for some reason, I prefer no gi. So it's just fun challenge to me. I get in the flow zone. I do all my ducks and hand fighting. Just, I love it. I love it. Different challenge, different perspective. None is better or worse. It's only preferential. Okay. So here's another question for you. Um, and it's, it's not an, ego-based question but 
it's 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 really has to do with the crossover of grappling arts. You were already master of sport in sambo um, before mm-hmm. you even played the jujitsu game, and mm-hmm. I know for a fact how you were smashing people, uh, you know, on the East Coast in tournaments and things you were doing as master of sport in sambo in these pro level advanced tournaments in these quote black belts mm-hmm. in jujitsu. So what was that like for you where technically according to them, you're a white belt and you're a nobody, even though you're mo- Dude, it was a sport thing, man, it was such a, cause like in my head, full modesty aside, I, I knew I was not a white belt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, uh, and I would wear like gi with a judo black belt and dude, I, I caught, I not so much heat, but I caught heat from some people, and like, uh, and uh, technically they are correct. There's nothing I can tell them. I'm not a black belt, so it, it, it was odd. Like for until I met Formiga, until yeah. I met Formiga, my, my current BJJ instructor. Mm-hmm. Like it was a weird going, man. I could not like no nobody would take me because I'm a sambo guy, you know. Yeah. And Formiga didn't care, and he still did not give me black belt right away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He he, he went through. Yeah, yeah. So it was a weird feeling. It was a weird thing or whatever, right? And. Uh, and uh, Formiga said that he would like me to play like Jujitero. He said, you're a good grappler or whatever, but like Jujitsu is passing and sweeping, basically, right? What makes it different from anything else is passing and sweeping. So I got like, okay, black belt, okay, you know, uh, 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 with passing and sweeping just to get my black belt. But my, my true game is still different, you know? Like, I understand Jujitsu is a blueprint. And if you want to be black belt at Jujitsu, you like, you studied up a blueprint. Yeah. And I studied and I got fairly okay but i'm not if i play that blueprint man i'm not as good as i play my own blueprint you know yeah of course so all it, all the proper mechanics because what leg lock leg lock is cheating right in it in jiu-jitsu you advance towards the head but you climb in a rope right yeah. you pull guard you whip you pass or you take down right and you pass you always go towards that so going back to legs is like you either cheater right or you suck because you don't know how to play this game. That's why <laughs> leg locks like bad uh, uh, rap. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a blueprint. It's yeah. like monodirectional. It's always towards the head. You sweep, you you pass the hip line, the knee line, you go towards the head and arm. So arm lock or strangle is goodness, right? But leg lock is bullshit because you cheat. So uh, uh, no longer it's an attitude. Leg locks are no longer uh, uh, frowned upon. What we started with, man? Uh, there was some kind of thought I wanted to illustrate. And I forgot. I'm sorry, guys. Got my own call. But you understand, no, right, guys? A, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Oh, I, just played, like... I did learn to pass and whatever, but like my game is different. So whenever I play yeah. my game, wrestle jiu-jitsu, sambo infusion, uh, even in a rule set of jiu-jitsu, I, I still shine more opposed to playing a blueprint game. Yeah. You know? It rings. I'm not saying it's true. So some people play conventional game and way better than me. But to me, in my vision, in my preferences, to spice thing up. The chef uh-huh. lot needs some spice. So, okay. So for chef lot here, what is your favorite way to punish guard pullers? <laughs> so you start standing, right? Let's say you start a match with somebody, you're both standing up and then some jackass decides to sit down. What is your favorite way to punish them? Uh, bleed creek leg lock, like a super, I have couple, I have couple things. So number one, mm-hmm. number one, uh, I do apply a few grips, in standing, given though they have to be uh, willing to exchange grip in a little bit, yeah. but I go either two on one or bleed grip or underhook, and mm-hmm. those three grips will start the gut pull. 
or at least they will make it ineffective to a degree when it's easy to pass. Right. So when I pull against an underhook, I knee cut, you know, this underhook, that yeah. way, this underhook, that way. Yeah. And then with two on one, I pass immediately because they cannot pull it effectively due to side, you know, on this side already. Yes. So that's what I do. Other than that, I try to uh, leg lock. I have a couple leg locks, that like a, a police Krieger, I call them. I, I snatch them fast, uh, steamroller and Amsterdam, I can share. And uh, if I have to slay a black belt, usually one of those two work. That's cool. I like that. My best guard or whatever is cradle, right? I yeah. used to be uh, of ninja modality. Let's jump and spin and submit as soon as possible. And my modality changed. Now I cook. I chef a lot cooks more, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's funny because jujitsu, you know, sometimes people play positional. Oh, this is not jujitsu. You got to be more like, you know, go for the killing. No, no, no. It's jujitsu for him. Or other people, oh, oh, you play too much too much changes position be a slower guys no incorrect that that's good for him so whatever modality works for you that's what you do you know what i'm saying yeah. you cannot say oh this is jiu-jitsu and this is not so long it works it is always jiu-jitsu you know so what i'm saying my modality changed i used to be more like a lively player just fast 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 cutting mm-hmm. angles now i smash uh that's why i like cradles so much because yeah. they allow me to pull somebody in a most painful way yeah. with least effort provided you know what i'm saying so cook so now I play like that. It's either blitzkrieg leg lock, or if I get to cradle, oh, it's going to be there for five minutes. Before I move anywhere else, that cradle is going to be there for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that yeah. Well, that was, you know, that, that old story of uh, the first time when Mark Schultz, getting back to Mark Schultz again, and he was invited to, quote, roll with Hicks and Gracie when he didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu. He said he cradled Hickson for like 30 minutes because he was just like, oh, I just want to see what he was going to do. Hickson couldn't get out. And then he's like, oh, I put my arm in because I wanted to see what he was going to do. And he triangled me. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion, had somebody shown Mark Schultz basic defense for about a week, I don't think Hickson would have had much of a chance against him. That's my personal opinion. I agree. Wrestling and Jiu-Jitsu would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. Yeah. So uh, we uh, have a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Real fast, guys. Back to the Corella product quick. Mm-hmm. Uh it took metamorphosis and education and like my 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 my, my train of thought completely changed i started like uh, thinking about cradles i don't know 25 years ago and i dismissed them because i thought cradles just for pinning right mm. and it's not jujitsu and it is right now yeah. it is to me yeah yeah uh, jujitsu is to finish people so i uh, poop with cradles mm. and about 5 to 4 years ago i started to come back after watching one video with uh, Drysdale, right? And like, mm-hmm. hold on a second, man. There's like a marriage to this cradle. And then I was watching Coach Wade, and then my own floodgates opened up. You know, I got to receive so much information, I started to blossom myself, you know? Yeah. I got all this, like, uh, 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 plant food and water, and now I blossom. And, uh, you know, just got in a rabbit hole, experimented plenty, and uh, every move I show on this uh, series, like, is tested and have been done, mm-hmm. you know, or has married or whatever. So, yeah, cradles, man. Cradles is not just for control, uh, like Mike Schultz did, right? Mm-hmm. It's also for finishes. It's plethora of finishes. You just go to open up your eyes, go yeah. like this, and it's there. Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot. We do a lot of those as well. We're always uh, cradling to just cr- – like I always – the way I like to explain it is I always tell I always tell the team, it's like imagine like you're playing a video game, and the more you start cradling and creating that pressure, it drops the energy level of the opponent. I'm like, let them, let them squeal, let them try and scramble out of it. The more they react, the better it is for you. Let, let them do it. Exactly. You know, and once you have yes. that cradle, then you could just, you know, we, we do a lot of, um, figure four, uh, leg locking, locking the leg with the figure four into the hip off of the cradles and a whole bunch of stuff where it's just mean and nasty. 
taking the head off the center line because we don't, at least at my school, we don't play by a, a specific rule set because so we actually use like the catch as catch can mindset of like anything goes. So when we're wearing mm-hmm. a gi, we've got wrestling shoes on, we're doing heel hooks, right? So we're always taking the head off the center line. We're always ripping, tearing, neck cranks. It doesn't matter what it is. Dude, and I got so much flack for doing heel oh. hook and again. I'm like, oh, call the cops now. <laughs> now I got heel years ago. I, years ago, I got thrown. I, think, I, I told this story to a couple of students before. I got thrown out of this school in Hong Kong. For I didn't even. I swear, I didn't even heel hook the guy. I was I was there just kind of training and teaching at a couple places. I went to a Carlson Gracie school. I thought they'd be cool. This blue belt was like being kind of a jackass or whatever. So all I did is I I went underneath and I just. I wrapped his, I wrapped his hip up. I grabbed the foot. I was on the bottom. I ra- all I did was I, I laced his hip. He starts screaming bloody murder. Like I'm trying to kill him. What are you doing? What are you doing? You can't touch my feet. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? And the guy's uh, like, you can't come here again. Get out of here. What are you doing? You're going to break his leg. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just wrapped him up. This is the jackasses jumping like, all well, over me. People don't know. People still, some people still afraid of leg locks. It's an it's lack of education and culture. Yeah, I teach heel hooks to white belts with safety and precaution. Like yeah. there's a few things like, and um, nobody gets hurt. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. So Ed, you got to ask the superstition question, man. Yeah, so this is the one thing that we do ask all of our guests. Um, we uh, on our first episode, we had a three-time no gi masters world champion Steve Silvers come on, and he had talked about superstitions, about how he had this one pair of fight shorts that he always, whenever he wore them, he had a great day of training, great day of competition, whatever it is. And so we like to, as we call it the Steve Silver's uh, superstition inquisition. And so we'd love to know if you have any superstitions or any kind of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. That's awesome. Vlad is as straight as it gets. I love it. He's been doing it too long. He grew up in the Russian Academy. He's not. He wasn't allowed to have superstitions. Uh, one week before tournament, I, I I don't drink any alcohol because I'm, I enjoy beer once in a while. Yeah. Whiskey. So uh, one to two weeks, I will uh, not touch alcohol and uh, leave my wife alone for one week. So that, that's the only ritual I do. Okay. Very yeah, cool. No, I, this is a little bit of ritual. Yeah. yeah. So, just to keep just like you know yeah makes sense all right so now we know so everybody's going to go to sambofusion.com check out what vlad's got going over there there we've got the bjj fanatics videos that you can go and order i highly encourage everyone to do it because he's got amazing stuff the reason why he's on ladies and gentlemen is because this man is a stud i have had the pleasure to train with him and learn from him and the guy's a beast and I can't tell you all enough how important it is to cross train and learn different things. You have to put everything in. Okay. And do things that work. And the reason why we wanted Vlad here is his material works. Not everything you see works. This is not a show. It's not smoke and mirrors. We're not doing a Las Vegas, David Copperfield show. Okay. Vlad's techniques work. It's solid. It's re- replicatable. People can do it and it's valuable. And I cannot stress enough that if you have the opportunity to learn from this guy, if he's doing a seminar in your area, you better go. Otherwise you're an idiot. Get his videos. If you don't get his videos, you're still an idiot. Humble yourself enough to learn from this man because he has a wealth of knowledge 
that you will you will effectively change your game for the better if you actually sit down and learn his material. So that's what Brian, I Brian, you don't make me <laughs> so thank you so much. Hey, I own thank the videos. I, I know how impactful it is to me. I know what I teach from your stuff, what what I, what I bring in. So I, I'm saying as as somebody who has been a student and, and who watches the videos and, and learns and I think it's really important that re- regardless of what belt level you're at, keep an open mind and do what's best to grow, right? This is, yep. these are the key, key things and don't be closed off. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And well, so, Mr. Vlad, thank you so yeah. very much for being here. I mean, it's, it was, it's such an Brian, honor. Brian, like, oh, Brian, you, uh, you made my heart <laughs> sing. Thank you. Uh, uh, like kind words and praise always rings. I appreciate it, especially from another Jujitero, another grappler. Thank you. Yeah, it is, it's our honor to have you. And uh, guys, don't forget sanablesports.com forward slash PCI Jiu-Jitsu for 10% off perpetually every time you order on Sanable Sports. Good to know. Ed, anything else you would like to add besides the fact that no. the Gracies didn't invent Jiu-Jitsu? <laughs> uh, there's a book called Shock. Uh, uh, means uh, uh, it's spelled like chalk in Portuguese, but oh. it means shock. Okay. Do you know this book, guys? No. Oh, oh. so the book there's like one and two. It's a bit of a dry read, mm. you know, because it's like newspaper clippings and uh, replication of uh, uh, first count uh, for, for first eye encounters of jujitsu in Brazil. It's a great book, man. Okay. And uh, there's a few biggest takeaways and we're going to stop. Uh, there is no proof. There is no solid proof that uh, Carlson, uh, Carlos Gracie ever trained with Maeda yeah, outside of maybe like a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, with thugs in the 30s, right? Uh, of last century. And uh, uh, Luta Livre is a Brazilian catch wrestling. Boom. Yeah. That's, that's my yeah, takeaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I read the Drysdale's book. I thought that was really good. The opening, the closed yeah, guard. That book great but it's a great read man and, and again yeah. it's very impersonable super dry and just like that's what happened there yeah. is no uh narration uh no agenda you know yeah. nobody's like uh opinion gets pushed it's just like boom that's like we, we like do it from newspapers and all right yeah. Oh, yeah we'll have to check that out so uh God, can't thank you enough for being yeah. here it, this yeah, is guys. really awesome lots of insight thank, thank you very much don't waste time deliberate practice and uh fuse it up Awesome. All right, that'll do it for this this episode of Level Up Grappling Podcast. Again, Master Grandmaster Vlad, thank you for being here, <laughs> Coach Brian and I. Again, this is with PCI Jiu Jitsu down here, in Mission Viejo, and don't don't forget to check out Sanable Sports PCI Jiu Jitsu for ten percent off. And uh, please, we'd love to hear your feedback on the episodes, on how we're doing, what you would love to hear more of, and we are working on this new segment called Roig Rage, where Coach Brian will critique quote unquote nicely very big <laughs> nicely? air quotes what the fuck nicely Why do I have to be nice? Col- i'm gonna talk shit on the huge huge air quotes <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be sarcastic about uh your your competition your videos anything you want to send us so I'll, we are out there i, I want to get some roy, roy grage man uh, oh this ought to be good actually he uh, might he he will legitimately be nice to you <laughs> oh god you think I, this is i bow down to this man please i have nothing to say but good things <laughs> trust me you don't so, want to be foot swept by him <laughs> you you want to break your hip <laughs> let vlad foot sweep you there you go awesome that's well a, in that case till, till next time guys thank mm-hmm. you guys so much for checking in 
And we will catch you on the other side. Bye, guys. That's me.